0: Today's episode of Hey YA Extra Credit is sponsored by TBR. Riot subscription service offering tailored book recommendation for readers of all stripes. Stuck at home with nothing to read and unable to browse the bookstore? Let us help! Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for, and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie, too. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co, M-Y-T-B-R dot C-O. Welcome to Hey YA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main Hey YA podcast, we'll bring you a short-form podcast, either as a book club discussion with a beloved YA author, or a look at two excellent backlist YA books for your TBR. I'm Eric Smith, and today I'm recording with Jordan Taylor, author of the upcoming The Paper Girl of Paris. Today's episode brings you two great books from the young adult backlist, books that are at least a year old, as well as an author gearing up for her debut novel. Hooray! So welcome, Jordan! Your debut novel, The Paper Girl of Paris, is due out with HarperTeen this May. What can you tell us about it?
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Eric. I am just so happy to be on this podcast and to tell you all about The Paper Girl of Paris. Hooray! Yay! (laughs) It's historical fiction, and it jumps back and forth in time between Alice, a girl in the present day who inherits a secret apartment in Paris that's been locked since World War II, and Adeline, a girl in Nazi-occupied Paris who joins the French resistance. So, what Alice discovers in the opening chapter is, one, that her grandmother left her this literal time capsule, and two, that her grandmother had a sister, Adeline, who she never ever mentioned. So, while Alice spends her summer digging into her family's mysterious history, we also travel back in time and learn Adeline's story. How she and other teenagers risked their lives to fight back against the Nazis, and how she ultimately came to be estranged from Alice's grandmother. You know, add in some romance, some conversations around mental health, and that about sums it up. It's available for pre-order now, and it's out May twenty-sixth.
0: Oh my goodness, that sounds so awesome! Can can I Thank ask? Thank you. Yeah, can I ask how this? How did this story come to you? Like, <laughs> it sounds amazing.
1: So it was actually a really unique and exciting situation. My amazing agent, Danielle Burby, found out that Harper Teen was actually looking for an author to write a story about the French resistance in World War II. Ah. And because I have a background in history, I was a history major in college. I'm Jewish. I'm very interested in um, really all aspects of World War II. And it all really added up for me. And so I sort of auditioned for them, and I wrote a few sample chapters, and then from there worked with them on developing a plot around um, their original nugget of an idea.
0: That's fantastic!
1: Yeah, it was it was really perfect. Um, it was something that I was just so excited to work on as soon as I heard about it, and it, the whole process has been so much fun.
0: That's awesome. And while this is your – I know this is your debut novel, it's not really like – your debut as a writer, you're an editor, you write for places. Uh, where, where can we find you?
1: That's right. I am currently a deputy editor at Men's Health magazine. Um, I'm actually bench pressing as we do this interview. You can't see me, but I'm a very healthy man. Um, so I do a little bit of everything at Men's Health, but my biggest responsibility is editing our section relationship section. And for me, it's a super exciting job because we live in a time when ideas around masculinity are evolving in really positive ways. And as a part of men's health, I get to help men navigate those changes and become better, healthier versions of themselves. Before men's health, I worked at the New York Observer and at a news website called Mike. So I basically, you know, I'm I'm writing and editing all day long because I work a full-time media job and then I come home and I get to work (laughs) on my book and write and edit some more. And I just totally love it. It's exactly what I want to be doing.
0: Awesome, you're definitely uh, you're definitely one of my people then, because yeah, I work <laughs> I work in the publishing industry during the day and then write during night. So yeah, we we love books.
1: <laughs> I totally feel you. Yes.
0: And uh, yeah, what are you reading lately?
1: So I am currently in the middle of Between Shades of Gray by Ruta Sepetis.
0: Oh, the book's amazing. It is
1: so good. Like, I don't know how I put it down to do this interview. I, <laughs> I, I cannot stop reading it. So um, it takes place in World War II. It's about a Lithuanian girl whose family gets sent to a Siberian work camp by Stalin's secret police. It is so intense, but it's also so beautiful. It always blows my mind when I have a book that I absolutely can't put down, but it's also forcing me to feel all the feelings. (laughs) And the book is so interesting to me because when I was writing my history thesis in college, I studied these people who were living in Soviet Union territory, and they were basically trapped between Stalin and Hitler. And, you know, in some cases, they actually perceived Hitler as a liberator because they had been living under Stalin. And it's this really interesting and really, really sad piece of history. And I have, I personally haven't found too many books about it. So it's been amazing to read Between Shades of Grey.
0: Oh, goodness. Have you read uh, Salt? Oh, dear. Salt to the Sea? Is that that the other one?
1: (laughs) I haven't read it yet, but um, that is definitely next on my list after reading this (gasps) book.
0: Oh, boy. Brace yourself. That is like a sob fest book. It's amazing. Oh, my God.
1: So what is that one about?
0: Uh, so it takes place on the, oh no, and I forget the name of the ship, but there, there's a ship uh, at the end of World War II that gets uh, that gets sunk, and it's mostly full of um, civilians. Uh, and it focuses on, I think it's four different characters who are making their way to the ship, uh, hoping to get away from the battlefront. Uh, you know, three of them are your typical civilians. One is a uh, German soldier determined to prove uh, his worth, and... It's it's this sort of survival story where you you kind of know things aren't gonna end very well for everyone, and it's just it's just gut wrenching. Um, and it's a part of history that is one of those sort of not often talked about moments of history. And mm-hmm. I I don't know, I really love that about YA in particular. Like I feel like we get a lot of books that do that, where we're introduced to bits of history that we missed in our high school classroom, and yes. uh, you know. Writers like you and writers like Ruta out there are, are making us see them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I basically spend my free time doing random historical research and trying to stumble across some story or character or detail that I've never heard of before and then thinking up ideas around books around them.
0: Uh, see, that's way better research than mine, because I'm usually just like on Wikipedia looking up a 90s rock band that I forgot about. Hey, yes.
1: Respect. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s are the best
0: like oh man what is toad the wet sprocket doing these days <laughs> and, and there i go so so in the paper go of paris uh you know we jump around a little bit in time right present world war ii back and forth which is like a pretty popular space for kidlit digging into world war ii like what is it about that era that i mean because we just talked about Ruta's books that both of them are, are there what is it about that era that makes it a place that writers and readers return to all the time what, what do you think there
1: so I'm so happy that you're asking me this question. <laughs> I hoped I would get to talk about this in uh, in this interview. So, I mean, I was the kid who was completely obsessed with World War II books. And I have this memory as a young Jewish kid at Hebrew school learning about World War II and the Holocaust for the first time. And this was in the 90s. And I remember thinking to myself, I cannot believe this happened only 50 years ago.
0: Mm. And I
1: was so disturbed and I needed to understand So you know, I would go to the library and I would bring home stacks of books and I would just devour them. And then I would be super upset and I would have nightmares and I would wake my parents up and I'd be crying. And I'm pretty sure at one point my parents actually had to enforce a rule that I wasn't allowed to take any more World War II books out from the library because I was just I was so interested. But then I would also be so distraught. I don't think the rule lasted very long, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure it happened at some point. So. So thinking about what makes young people come back to this era again and again, I think it's that you have these horrifically dark circumstances that lend themselves to incredible stories of heroism and Mm. love, especially, I mean, not especially, but including among young people. You know, doing research for the Paper Girl of Paris, I read about children who put their lives on the line. And, you know, I think also reading about this era forces you to confront and to explore these very important and fundamental questions about who you are as a human you know how far would i go to stand up for what's right or to defend Mm. the people that i love and what would i do in order to survive
0: oh goodness well yeah all right no i totally see it so so when it comes to these backlist titles right what we're going to talk about i was trying to find like some read-alikes for the paper girl of Paris. Like I mean, I haven't gotten to read it yet. I hope I do. I um, hope you do
1: too. I'm excited for you to read it.
0: <laughs> but I can definitely think of like a few underrated favorites uh that also talk about World War II. I think it's I think it's really easy to think like, oh the book thief. Yeah. Like right away. <laughs> um so I thought I'd maybe dig into a few that our listeners might not have heard of. And uh so I'll talk about one and then you could dig into one and, and we'll go back and forth. So so my first backlist pick is uh, Prisoner of Night and Fog by Anne Blankman. Uh, have, you heard, have you read this one, Jordan? I feel like you would love this.
1: I feel like I would love it too. When you told me that you were interested in this book, I, I looked it up and it sounds incredible that I haven't read oh, yeah. it. And I'm adding it to my list.
0: Oh, yeah. So Anne Blakeman's, uh YA historicals are just so awesome. And I think, I'm pretty sure this one won the Jewish Book Award uh, the year it came out. Um, when my wife and I moved to Ann Arbor for a little bit, um, this was around the time her book Trader Angels had come out. And if you haven't read that book, dear listeners, uh, please pick it up. Uh, it's this alternate history about the daughter of John Milton, who has to solve a mystery surrounding the poem Paradise Lost. It's a super brilliant book that's really underrated. Like her dad gets arrested and there's clues hidden in the poem. It's kind of like the Da Vinci Code, but like really good <laughs> instead. Uh, and I just loved it so much. Um, but this is, let's talk about her debut. So Prisoner, Night and Fog. Um, it's a duology. Uh, I'm going to read a little blip here. In the 1930s, danger lurks behind dark corners, and secrets are buried deep within the city. Uh, but Gretchen, who grew up on the National Socialist Party under the wing of her, quote-unquote, Uncle Dolph, has been shielded from that side of society ever since her father traded his life for Dolphs, and Gretchen is his favorite, his pet. Uncle Dolph is no other than Adolf Hitler, and Gretchen follows his every command. So, yeah, hi. It is about a teen girl who is... <laughs> Oh, goodness, being raised by Hitler. Um, Who meets a reporter who, uh, you know, is trying to sort of lead her away from everything she's been taught to believe uh, about the Jewish people. Uh, She's looking at the people that she's considered her friends. She's trying to figure out where her loyalties are. Does she choose the safety that she has as this, like, darling of the Nazis? Or is she going to dig up the truth and, you know, be on the right side of everything? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know. Anne Blankman's <laughs> books. They're and they're also so like meticulously researched. Um I know she had a new book come out, I think just this month that I have to I have to go look into. And uh but yeah, if you want a deep dive into history, uh definitely check out Anne Blankman's books.
1: That sounds incredible. Um how does the the Prisoner of Night and Fog come into this story? I mean, that's I researched the real-life Prisoners of Night and Fog when I was <laughs> writing my book. Um, so scary. They were basically political activists who were arrested and essentially disappeared.
0: Disappeared. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Wow, this book sounds great. You're giving me a lot that I need to read. <laughs> Hooray!
0: <laughs> and what's on your uh, backlist picks?
1: So the first one that I want to talk about is... Codename Verity by Elizabeth Ween.
0: Yay! Yay!
1: This book, it inspired me a lot when I was working on The Paper Girl of Paris because it involves the French Resistance and it also uses alternating perspectives. It jumps back and forth between two girls, one who's a pilot and one who's a spy, who crashed their plane in Nazi occupied France. Um, one of them gets captured and the other one tries to find her. So I I'll, re- I'll also read you a description of the book. So. October 11th, 1943. I'm going into my dramatic reading voice. (laughs) (laughs) A British spy plane crashes in Nazi-occupied France. Its pilot and passenger are best friends. One of the girls has a chance at survival. The other has lost the game before it's barely begun. When Verity, that's the codename of the spy, is arrested by the Gestapo, she's sure she doesn't stand a chance. As a secret agent captured in enemy territory, she's living a spy's worst nightmare. Her Nazi interrogators give her a simple choice, reveal her mission or face a grisly execution. As she intricately weaves her confession, Verity uncovers her past, how she became friends with the pilot Maddie, and why she left Maddie in the wrecked fuselage of their plane. On each new scrap of paper, Verity battles for her life, confronting her views on courage, failure, and her desperate hope to make it home. But will trading her secrets be enough to save her from the enemy? This book, it is so gripping. And I I almost like don't want to say too much about it because it hinges on a really (laughs) big twist. (laughs) So I mean, all I can say is that I would so highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like a YA classic, like a modern classic in the genre. Yeah.
1: Yes. And you know what? One of the things that was so incredible to me about this book is what I'm sure is just the tremendous level of research that went into this. I mean, uh, just the, the descriptions of the planes. You know, I learned a lot about World War II aviation. The Just the level of detail was extremely admirable and inspiring as somebody with a historical fiction debut.
0: Awesome. So I wanted to bring up one I haven't read yet. Um, so in like a recent episode, I was talking about how I wanted to read more award winners that have sort of slipped off my t- to-be-read list or, or missed on my radar. Uh, so my pick is one I haven't read yet, but has a really similar plot device, kind of your book with the the shifting back and forth. Uh, and when I saw the cover, I was just like, oh, my God, I need to talk about this. Have you seen the cover for this book?
1: No, I'm going to look it up right now.
0: Whew. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Load it up on your screen. It's, it's wild. So uh, it's called Mayor's War by... Uh, Tanita S. Davis, which was a Sc- Coretta Scott King honor a few years back. Uh, the reprinted cover has like the, this female soldier, and she's putting like lipstick on uh, in like profile. And I
1: just found it. Wow! Right? Wow. Oh my god! That's extremely striking.
0: It is gorgeous. So, yeah, I'll read a little blip about this one. Uh, meet Mayer, World War II veteran, and a grandmother like no other. She was once a willful teenager who escaped her less-than-perfect life in the Deep South and lied about her age to join the African-American battalion of the Women's Army Corps. Now she's driving her granddaughters to willful teenagers in their own right on a cross-country trip. The girls are initially skeptical of Mayer's, uh, flippy wigs and stilettos, but they soon find themselves entranced by a story that she has to tell, and readers will be too. Uh, told in alternating chapters, half of which follow Mayer through her experiences uh, as a WAC and half of which follow Mayer and her granddaughters on the road in present day. This novel introduces readers to larger-than-life character and a fascinating chapter in African-American history. And yeah, I can't believe I haven't heard of this one. I, I found it while I was researching books that uh, felt like they'd be readalikes for yours. And like, yeah, I, I ordered the paperback immediately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this sounds so good. And it reminds me of what we were talking about before you know, the questions that reading about World War II forces you to confront, I mean, I just can't imagine, I can't imagine being in her position and and lying about her age to join the African-American battalion of the Women's mm-hmm. Army Corps. I mean, I I don't even know what to say. It's, it's, <laughs> and I know there were so many people that, that lied about their age and it just, it takes so much bravery and so much passion. And I think that's what makes these books so wonderful to read.
0: hmm And what's next in yours?
1: Okay, so my next book that I want to talk about is Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Okay. Yeah, I'm switching it up. I know we've been going (laughs) all in on historical fiction, which I love, but I wanted to shout out a book that, for me, did a really good job tackling mental illness, which is a part of a subplot in The Paper Girl of Paris. You know, as a health journalist, one thing that is really hard about covering mental illness is that it's intangible. And it can be hard to convey what it actually feels like to somebody who hasn't experienced it. And in Turtles All the Way Down, I think readers come away with a really good understanding of what it's actually like to have obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. So I'll read you the description. 16-year-old Aza never intended to pursue the mystery of fugitive billionaire Russell Pickett, But there's a $100,000 reward at stake, and her best and most fearless friend, Daisy, is eager to investigate. So together, they navigate the short distance and broad divides that separate them from Russell Pickett's son, Davis. Aza is trying. She's trying to be a good daughter, a good friend, a good student, and maybe even a good detective, (laughs) while also living with the ever-tightening spiral of her own thoughts. It's funny that... Reading this description, I remember less about this mystery of the future, that's there. which sounds so intriguing, and more about um, the portrayal of OCD in this book.
0: That's awesome. Uh, that speaks to, uh, you know, speaks to it being done well, I suppose, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I came away feeling like I could take a lot of what I had read into the coverage around mental health that we do at Men's Health and also um, writing about uh, mental illness in The Paper Girl of Paris.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that's, I mean, I think that's it. Yeah. So let me, uh, let me do our little outro here and thank today's sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, you can follow me at Eric Smith rocks on Twitter, uh, as well as Eric Smith rocks on Instagram. If you want to see lots of photos of my dog, uh, and Jordan, where can everyone find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jordan H Taylor. Jordan is spelled J-O-R-D-Y-N because I have creative parents. (laughs) (laughs) And be sure to check out The Paper Girl of Paris out May
0: 26th. All right. And we'll see you all again next week for the main podcast. Until then, happy reading.